Welcome to the Voice of Texas Veterans, a production of Texas Veterans Commission, speaking up for Texas veterans since 1927. Veterans, filing a disability claim is the first step you need to take in order to get compensation for a service-connected injury, and we have claims advisors who can help you do that. Thank you for joining us. I'm Julia Connor, Communications and Outreach at Texas Veterans Commission. We are the state agency that helps veterans access the benefits they've earned. All our services are free. The claims department is our busiest. Claims benefits advisors work one-on-one with veterans to file VA disability claims and appeals. They also assist in helping veterans access federal and state benefits. That may include health care and education. Texas Veterans Commission claims advisors know what they're doing, having completed a rigorous training program to become VA accredited. There are more than 45 Texas Veterans Commission claims offices around the state. We're in VA hospitals, VA outpatient clinics, veteran one-stops, and we're on some military installations too. Because of the pandemic, claims advisors had to work from home for a while, but they're slowly getting back to their many offices across the state of Texas. Go to our website, tvc.texas.gov, call the office that's nearest to you to see if they're in. And you can always make a virtual appointment online with any one of our counselors. Just pick a time that's convenient for you, tvc.texas.gov, click on claims appointments. With us to explain the claims filing process is Will Chit, Texas Veterans Commission Claims Inquiry Coordinator, who also happens to be a veteran. Initially, I joined the Marines in 94, and I got out in 98. Then I was a civilian for a while until, oh, a couple weeks after 9-11-2001, and then I went into the Marine Reserves for two years and got out of that and then joined the Navy Reserve and did four years with them. So what was your transition out of the military like? I had a little more practice than most people because I got out a couple of times. On my third try, I think it went pretty well coming back from Iraq. So I had a lot going on, you know, trying to process some of the stuff that happened over there. That was actually when I started really becoming interested in the VA and uh, veterans benefits. And that was when I first applied for benefits. And that was when uh, I first went to work in the field of veteran service. Here at Texas Veterans Commission, trying to make that transition a little easier, especially in the area of claims. Yeah, I think a lot of veterans get the impression that disability compensation is only for the severely injured. And what a lot of them don't realize is that any chronic condition that was caused or aggravated by their military service can warrant compensation. So what qualifications does a veteran have to meet in order to file a disability claim? Generally speaking, though, someone would have to have an honorable character of service, have served at least 90 days. There's some exceptions, you know, so if somebody's injured in boot camp, for example, you know, they'll still be eligible to receive compensation. Whether it happens in boot camp or, you know, 15 years into your 20-year commitment, documentation is the key to everything here. In my opinion, there's three elements to a successful claim. There's, you know, that we're going to have evidence of some kind of injury, illness, or event that occurred in service some kind of evidence of a current chronic condition, and then a nexus or the connection between the two. And if you can, having all the paperwork that you need to go along with that initial filing of that claim gives you a better chance of a faster resolution. Yeah, that would be called a fully developed claim. So if we submit a claim and we have all the evidence that the VA needs, we've submitted the medical records from the military, we've submitted the current medical records, that would be considered a fully developed claim. Now, if we are also able to obtain a medical opinion that's favorable to our claim, well, that's the cherry on top. That's even better. But we don't have to get that. 
We're gradually making our way back to the office, but because of COVID, we did learn how to work with veterans virtually. I think we've done a pretty good job there. When I'm assisting someone on over the phone, you know, I'll, I'll need them to, you know, have the forms that we're going to be working with on their end. In most cases, they would need to have access to internet and email and the ability to print so that uh, these forms can be signed and submitted to the VA. Some of our older veterans, not too computer savvy, they might be a little hesitant about making an appointment, but we will walk you through it and we will make sure that you understand what is needed in order for your claim to get filed, won't we? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So is it possible for a family member or a spouse to file a claim after the veteran has passed away? Yes, it is. For one, there's the uh, surviving spouse's benefits or dependent's benefits. If a veteran passes away, the people they leave behind may be entitled to dependency and indemnity compensation or a surviving spouse's pension. The most important thing they could get a hold of would be the veteran's discharge paperwork, the DD Form 214. It's a very important document for a lot of different benefits. So what if you don't have it? Is it possible to get it? It is. Under COVID right now, it's taking a really long time to get one from the archives, but they can be requested from the archives. We just send some paperwork into them. I'd say normally when COVID's not going on, it can take three to six months to get DD Form 214 in that way. What I'm told now is they're only working on extremely high priority cases due to their uh, low staffing due to COVID. So the difference between a disability claim and pension benefits, what's the difference there? Disability, that's for filing for service-connected disability. That would indicate that something happened in the service, some kind of injury, illness, or event, and it caused or aggravated a chronic condition. So when I say aggravated, that means the condition may have existed prior to service, but it advanced beyond normal expectations while in the service. Basically, that would be compensation for that chronic disability, and that would be compensated based on the functional impact or the severity of that disability. For pension, the veteran must have served at least one day during a time of war. They don't have to have served in the war, but they have to have served at least one day during the war, and then their income would have to be below the poverty threshold. It's an income-based program, so any other income they have coming in would be deducted dollar for dollar from what the veteran receives from the VA. Unreimbursed medical expenses can be deducted from the veteran's income for this purpose. With our older veterans, they have things that may be associated with the herbicides that maybe were in Vietnam. And we've got a new uh, ruling on the Blue Water Navy veterans who are out there on ships in that particular area. They now can file claims that way. What should those veterans or their family members be doing right now? Uh, They should file a claim if they have not already. Part of the way that the Niemer decision went, which was the decision that initially granted benefits to Vietnam veterans that were exposed to Agent Orange, was that if that condition had been filed for in the past and denied prior to it becoming a presumptive condition, then that would be the effective date. In some cases, that could go back decades. Supposing a a Navy veteran who was blue water and and prior to this recent decision was considered ineligible for presumption on these conditions, if they had applied for it and been denied back in the 90s, and then they apply for it again now, now that it is presumptive and they get granted, then the VA is going to owe them a substantial amount of money. 
When you talk about presumption, in those kind of cases, the, we just need to show that they were in the area during the time where they would have received that exposure. You know, boots on the ground one day in Vietnam, or if their ship was within 15 nautical miles of Vietnam, then they're considered presumptively exposed to Agent Orange. Then the only thing we have to show is that there's documentation of a current chronic disability that falls under the uh, presumptive conditions for Agent Orange exposure. So like a type 2 diabetes or ischemic heart disease, prostate cancer, any kind of respiratory cancer. There's a really long list of presumptive conditions associated with Agent Orange. Best advice you can give to a veteran or family member about filing a claim? Get help with it. There are a lot of tools out there to help people advocate for themselves, and I think those are great. But if you're not familiar with the system, I would suggest you reach out to a service officer, a service organization, whether it's TVC or anyone else, really. I don't feel like we're in competition with the other guys, but get some help from somebody who's familiar with the system. That is Will Chick, Texas Veterans Commission Claims Inquiry Coordinator. Right now, not all claims advisors are in their offices. Some are still working from home. Communicating with veterans by phone and email, you can schedule appointment online at tvc.texas.gov. Contact information is also on the web, emails and phone numbers, tvc.texas.gov. Now, while you're on our website, check out the other services that we offer for free. We help with education benefits, employment. We can help veterans start or grow a business. We have the Women Veterans Program, healthcare advocates who are there to help veterans tackle any VA medical issues. The Fund for Veterans Assistance awards grants to veteran-serving nonprofits. We have Veterans Mental Health, which includes our Military Veteran Peer Network, and of course, claims. The website, tvc.texas.gov, will explain each service and show you how to get in touch. You can always send us a message on the Texas Veterans Commission Facebook page. Ask a question, we'll find the answer for you. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Julia Connor. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Texas Veterans, a production of Texas Veterans Commission. Helping veterans starts here.